0: Today's episode is sponsored by the Silva Ultramind System, which is a highly optimized framework for awakening your mind's fullest potential by giving you a reliable access to altered states of mind that's based on the Silva method, a pioneering mind empowerment mythology founded in 1960. Basically, it's a long way of saying it's a meditation style that I started using recently and it has changed my life. It's more of an active type of meditation. So it's not any of that like clear your mind stuff, get super quiet. It's more of an active like doing something with your mind you're actively thinking and I can say I've seen measurable difference in my life since implementing it they also have a super easy to use app so you can use it on any smart device that you want so if you're interested you can head on over to our show notes and look at the Silva Ultramind system link that we have there now let's get on with today's episode All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Gay Men Going Deeper, a podcast series by the Gay Men's Brotherhood where we talk about all things personal development, sexuality, and mental health. Today, I'm your host, Callum Brecken, and I'm joined by the extra special guest, Jeremy Long. Jeremy Long is the founder of the Conscious Queer Community where he leads queer men's groups. He's also the owner of Enhanced Leadership where he coaches about leadership and relationship systems. Jeremy's personal struggle with self-esteem and acceptance of his sexuality inspired him to support other queer men on their journeys. He now applies his experience of facilitation, emotional intelligence, and relationship systems to support queer and emerging leaders and teams who are ready to reach the next level in their development. Today, we are going to be talking about conflict transformation because, you know, it's the holiday season is the season to get in fights with family there is conflict there's all that kind of good stuff so hopefully this episode's hitting right at the perfect moment where you can be like wait they told me how to deal with this so going into you know all the holiday stuff coming up hopefully you'll be able to get something out of this episode so thank you so much for joining me jeremy how you doing
1: Oh, thanks for having me. It's lovely to be here. I'm doing pretty well. Thanks.
0: Awesome. So we are going to be unpacking questions today, like how can people best navigate conflict during the holidays? Why is it so hard to admit when we're wrong? And why must we be willing to admit when we're wrong? And what are some tips and tools you use to navigate conflict when it comes up for you? So let's jump into the episode. First, let's tell people a little bit more about you, Jeremy. Give us a little bit more of your backstory.
1: Oh gosh, there's just so much to say. <laughs> um, primarily I've been working off and on in like queer health in Vancouver here. Um, I do a lot of work in the queer community with coaching and, and just development. Um, my personal journey of how I sort of ended up here is that I just didn't have the tools to feel confident, to feel like I belong, to feel comfortable in my skin. And so all of a sudden, you know, I went down the self-development rabbit hole and off. I've gone down to many different trainings and just I'm always wanting to learn more about how I can just love myself better and, you know, be a strong pillar in the, in the queer community. And, and it's just all about having that humility to know what I don't know and go and find some answers. So that's I love that. That's what you're doing here. And I'm so glad to be part of that.
0: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's exactly what we do here on the podcast. So we're very excited (laughs) to have you. So how about we jump in with the first question. And our first question today is how can people best navigate conflict during the holidays? Because as we know, there's always like auntie over here or uncle over there or somebody else or cousin, what have you that says something or pisses you off or irks you. And like, How do we start to deal with those things when they come up? Because inevitably they're going to come up this season.
1: Mm. Yeah, I have a couple ideas around that. And one of them is just, you know, give yourself the gift of knowing your limits. Um, Like if you've had these same triggers with certain people, then you kind of are aware of them, you know, so having that awareness of like, what are the things that really eke me preparing for it, you know, and setting yourself up with, you know, your environment, in a way that you you have exits, <laughs> or you have people that you're gonna call. You have you know the the things that work for you, uh, and and also allowing yourself to have those limits. Like, what if I I can't spend a lot of time with my mom? Like, straight up, I love her, but she just triggers me. So I try to keep those times you know in a a manageable box, which is actually a gift to her because then I show up better when I'm in those hours where I want to be with her instead of overextending myself. Past my limits, and then I'm resenting it, and I'm, and then I'm a, a reactive person. So it's knowing my limits and knowing my environment really matters.
0: Yes, a hundred percent. You have to know your limit, you have to play within it. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> what <are> you, gambling <laughs> i know right gambling well you know that everybody gets the scratch cards during the holiday season too as well um so playing within your limits so how can somebody start mapping this out for themselves so they're getting ready maybe they're getting ready for christmas dinner and they know like uncle joe is going to be there and uncle joe always says something stupid or pisses you off in some way shape or form he always triggers you or says something homophobic what's the first step in preparing like that mentally like okay Uncle Joe is going to be a dick. How do I get ready for that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's a few things. Maybe it's around knowing exactly like what's going to send you over the edge and what are some of your responses? Like, I do a lot of planning, not just what I'm going to do in situations, but who I'm going to be. And, you know, in relationships, I try to plan intentions around. I want to be, you know, that caring guy. I want to be that understanding, accepting guy. And if I'm not living up to those ideals, then again, I, I check myself, maybe take a little breather, go for a, a walk. I, I don't know about you, but I have a lot of people in my support group that I need to call because this brain gets me into trouble sometimes. And, you know, I, I make weird choices around, you know, acting out. And I don't I don't want to do that because I've done enough self-awareness work now that I'm trying to show up intentionally. And if I'm deviating from that, something has to change and I have to reach out for help.
0: hmm. Right? I think one of the best things that I do when I get into those triggering situations, because like there are people who piss me the fuck off. (laughs) And so sometimes you're just like, I need to take a step back. What I do is one of my favorite things is the countdown. I just do like sometimes I just need five seconds. Sometimes I need 10 seconds. But if somebody says something or sets me off, my initial reaction is to jump in and like jump into the deep end. But I've really done this practice of like, okay, take a step back, like take a breath and count down from five or count down from 10 and just like give it a second, give it a beat instead of being reactionary. Be like conscious about what you're bringing into the room, be conscious about what you're bringing to the table and go, okay, he's a dick and I want to say something, but let's think this through. How has this gone in the past? Has this worked out for me? Has he ever (laughs) changed? Has he ever showed signs of wanting to change? Um, And when you do get into the reactionary, one of my favorite things as well is if I want to have a conversation I always first ask if they want to be part of the conversation. So how that can look is like, say, Uncle Joe says something and it really triggers me and pisses me off. And I just want to like jump down his throat and be like, this is all the reasons why you're wrong. Um, but nobody likes that, right? Nobody likes being met with that energy and being told that they're yeah. wrong. Cause that's instantly going to put up the walls and people are going to be like, well, I'm not going to hear what you have to say because like you're coming at me so aggressively, or I'm just not ready for it. Or I don't want to hear it. I'm set in my ways. There's that too. But when you invite somebody into the conversation and go, Hey, you know what? We've always had this kind of a thing here or this snark here, or you have these beliefs. I'd like to have a conversation about that. Are you open and willing to hear what I have to say about it? And can we actually talk about this? Or are you set in your ways like you don't have to say it like that, but whatever way to open the door and give them an opportunity to say, yeah, sure, let's talk about this because then they're saying, yes, I'm willing to engage with this conversation. But if you don't give that open door opportunity, then you're forcing them into a conversation they might not be ready to hear or to have. And then that's where the conflict comes from, because you're trying to force somebody to do or listen to something that they just don't care about.
1: And what I like about what you're saying is that you're kind of pausing, you know, your own reaction, you're aware of where you could end up, but you're pausing that and kind of wanting to get into a dialogue. And I think that also just like knowing like what is the reactive behavior that isn't going to go well, like you said, is kind of being aware of that and And trying to move from being furious to curious, like curious about what else is happening inside of me, like, why is this bothering me? And maybe curious about what's going on for them. You know, maybe it's taking that responsibility for I feel triggered or ag- activated, you know, can I give you some feedback about what's what's happening and how it's impacting me and asking for that permission to have that conversation because if it's going to say no, there's no point in kind of going into it because you're just gonna be met with defensiveness or hostility. Um, but yeah, having that curiosity, I think goes a long way, but man, it's hard. It's hard when you're in that moment of like, just you're kind of elevated, you're flooded with emotion or overwhelm, but suspending your version of reality. That's my biggest thing in, in my relationship. When I can suspend my version of reality, just to get curious, just for a moment, what's happening with him, right? Or with that person? Like, why are they acting that way? And just maybe asking questions to clarify, like, what's that all about? <laughs>
0: So talk more about suspending your version of reality. Cause I don't oh, think people so know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, what I mean is like, uh, th- so there's a rule that we talk about in systems coaching where everyone gets to be right partially. And so it, when I'm digging my heels in and, you know, uh, my partner and I were both really stubborn. And so I know that sometimes I'm going to have to let go of that stubbornness. Like when I have to pause how I feel to try to understand what's going on for him. Because if I remember, at the end of the day, and I'm I'm talking about relationships, but it could be anyone, um, you know, like, mostly people aren't out to get me, they're not trying to hurt me, they're not trying to piss me off. And if I remember that, I can actually just look at their behavior that might be getting under my skin with a little bit more curiosity. And so I just have to pause my activated feeling to like ask questions like, hey, what, why do you see it that way? Or, I'm curious about this behavior. I'm having a reaction to it, but I want to know more about what's going on for you, right? Mm -hmm. And just, again, being, trying to, I guess, diffuse it a little bit by asking questions instead of you did this and you made me feel this way, which is not really taking responsibility for my human experience because my feelings are mine. Like, I can't say you made me mad. I can say I am mad and your behavior may have contributed, but I can't say you made me, you didn't make me anything. Mm-hmm. So taking responsibility for how I feel and, and trying to be curious, you know, trying to pause what's going on for me, because sometimes if you can be that person, it allows that connection to stay. If you kind of push away from it and you react, all of a sudden the, re- the connection gets severed and you, you miss an opportunity. It is hard. It takes a lot, a lot of effort, but it is possible. It has been working for me.
0: Yeah, I love what you said about taking responsibility because I think that is such a key point to a lot of reactionary situations that we get ourselves into as people. I mean, shit's going to happen. Like nobody's perfect. But if you can try and work in... That you are responsible for your own thoughts, feelings, emotional reactions, and all of that. And that other people are kind of like these ping pong balls that are bouncing off of you and either yeah. you can react to them or not. And so it's like, you know, Uncle Joe says something and you can choose to react to it or you can choose not to react to it the feelings going on inside, that's going to have to get sorted out in some way, shape or form. But in the moment, you can go, okay, I'm going to choose to react, or I'm going to choose not to react. And that's on you. And then you get to decide what you do with that. And you go, okay, do I want to get curious? Do I want to dig into this right now? Or this is Christmas dinner. I see Uncle Joe once a year, I don't give a flying fuck. He lives (laughs) his life. (laughs) It's fine. You know, pick and choose kind of like I don't want to say your battles, but pick and choose your battles. Like pick and choose where you're going to put that energy. Because if you can reclaim your power and reclaim that by being responsible for your own self and your own energies and go, you know what? I don't care this year. You do yeah. you over there. I'm going to sit over here and I'm going to be okay with the fact that we have two very different opinions on things because it's not your job to change other people's minds. I noticed there's a lot of, like warriors out there and we do need them <laughs> but it's not your job to change every single person's mind sometimes you have to go you know what i'm going to love you from over here yeah i don't yeah. need to engage with this and what's happening in in that moment all of the time
1: and and kind of speaking to that responsibility piece too like i can only be responsible for my reactions and so i i, I talk openly about being in recovery and being sober and we talk a lot about owning our part And I I really can't. I have to practice acceptance with you, but I can, you know, look at how I'm contributing to this dynamic. And I have a choice in how I show up in that. It doesn't always feel like it because I'm activated, but I do. And if I don't want to create any more wreckage and, and make it worse with this person, I have a choice to be kind of intentional with how I react or respond
0: hundred percent. Yeah. Brene Brown has a great way to diffuse a lot of these situations sometimes when you're dealing with somebody. And one of her favorite things is the story I'm telling myself. Because yeah. that's where a lot of that energy comes from, is that it's like you're telling yourself this story of like, I keep using Uncle Joe, whatever. But like, yeah. of like, he must be thinking this. He must be feeling this. This is what he must believe about me. And so instead of attacking on that you switch into, okay, the story I'm telling myself about what's happening right now is that you hate me and you've always hated me or whatever it is that's going on. Yeah, And you let that out because it gives the other person the opportunity to then correct it and be like, absolutely not. That is not what's happening here. And it's just your own perceptions of what you've experienced. But if you don't give that opportunity for that person to be like, whoa, that is not what is happening here from my point of view. And you can both get more clear about the situation. That's when you can go, okay, I understand this from a different point of view now. And it doesn't mean you're gonna necessarily agree. I always say that I'm willing to come to the table of conversation and to like have a conversation about things. It doesn't mean I'm listening in order to agree with you i'm listening to understand you and understanding does not equal agreement although a lot of people i've gotten pushback on this people are thinking a lot of people have said that like but then you're you're giving in and you're making yourself look weak and like all of this it's like but that's your perception of that experience if you really yeah. sit to listen to somebody and understand you don't have to agree with them but at least it gives you that knowledge and knowledge is power to say okay I get where you're coming from now. And I've now empowered myself to choose different feelings when this kind of thing comes up.
1: And that's even a story in itself, like what you said, like you're giving in like that. That sounds like a story that some people are having around. I can't give in and noticing what that story is all about and getting curious because, yeah, sometimes I think I'm right and then I get curious and then I'm like, oh, I can see why you see it that way. And now I can change my opinion. And that's because I'm willing to be open just a little bit so that we can stay in connection and not need to be right. And I think that maybe as queer people, like we're, sometimes we struggle with that, with conflict, with like, I don't want to admit I'm wrong. I, I need to be a certain way and be received and be loved. Because if I feel rejection, then, you know, all these background stories about, you know, where I came from and, and abandonment and not being, you know, belonging, uh, all of that stuff gets brought up. So it's kind of like conflict triggers all of this, you know, traumatic stuff that's in the background in, in our minds, especially as queer people. I mean, everybody has it, but
0: specifically
1: in the queer community.
0: So uh, let's jump on that. Why is it so hard to admit when you're wrong? <laughs> I, <know. No. laughs> I mean, I've gotten better at this with age. Like I, yeah. I've gotten better. I'm not saying I'm good at it. I'm <laughs> saying I've gotten better at being like it's a journey. What? Okay. Yes, I can see. And it's by using all these tools that we're talking about and going, yeah. okay, I can see why you think that way. Um, But why is it so hard for us to just admit it? You know what? I was wrong.
1: I mean, it's uncomfortable. Like we, I don't know about you and maybe it's around, you know, queer experience. Maybe it's around learned behavior from the family system, but I didn't learn that it was okay to be vulnerable. Like I, in fact, learned the opposite. Feelings are scary and we're not going to talk about them. That's what I learned. You know, don't, don't cry or I'll give you something to cry about. That's kind of the message
0: I received. <laughs> that's the so, message a lot of people receive.
1: Exactly. That was kind of the era too. And so to, to be vulnerable, like that, that's a skill that I've had to, you know, practice and learn. And it's still uncomfortable. However, now I know that conflict and, you know, admitting wrong, that that's a gift. Like there can be like a change on the other side of that, that you're crossing this edge into a new place. Something is trying to emerge. But I didn't learn that until recently. And so like, you know, the traumas of of needing to fit in, to pretend, to to be pleasing, you know, to be accepted, um, performing a certain way as a queer person, I think that all of that plays into, you know, not wanting to admit that we're wrong, not wanting to admit that we're flawed, because if that means that we're flawed, we could be rejected, we might not be loved, et cetera, et cetera. It's just, it's all fear.
0: It's just all
1: fear-based
0: hmm. And so then why must we be willing to admit that we're wrong? I mean, like, why that's... must we be willing to get into that space and go, OK, I need to admit that I'm wrong? Well, it's
1: pretty lonely if you're just always trying to present a certain way. And I just coached someone this morning on this and he's he's been showing a version of himself and it's not his authentic self. He's not integrated in all areas. He's, you know, presenting a certain way. And and I think we all kind of do that to a degree, we blend into our surroundings, but in order to be seen, you know, to be seen for our humanness, for our flaws, you know, I'm most connected to my partner after we've just gone through conflict, after I've been like, oh yeah, my insecurities got in the way right there, didn't they? And I pushed you away because I was clinging on because my insecure attachment made me activated, you know, and I admit that. And that's when I feel the most vulnerable, but also the most connected and loved by my partner. It's those moments of, it's an opportunity to go deeper that sometimes we don't give ourselves permission to go. Mm -hmm. It's scary. It's not comfortable.
0: Right. And I also think that there's a lot of the mentality that we grew up with being trained that you had to be right or you had to win. And it goes into like sports and school and all these other things that it's like win at all costs be right, like get all the questions right, ace all the exams. It's the same kind of energy that then goes, we pull that into our relationships and be like, well, I need to win. I need to be right, because that's the important thing. But that's not how relationships really grow and develop. And if we don't give ourselves that space, or we've not had the that modeled to us where it's okay to have conflict and it's okay to then admit you're wrong. And that brings you closer together. Then we look at the world and we look at TV and we go, uh, uh-uh, I can't be wrong. I need to protect myself. I am right because being right feels good. Winning feels good. And that's all that matters. Mm. But there's no winning in a relationship.
1: Even just the notion of right or wrong, like why does one person get to be right and the other person is wrong? in in systems coaching we talk about everyone gets to be right partially right and if that's a rule that we can have in relationships then it's not so this or that you know that polarization and and there doesn't need to be wrong so There's just a you're seeing it this way I'm seeing it this way let's agree in this middle area or let's agree to disagree that's a big one that I'm still learning um because sometimes the way you see it I'm not going to see it that way I can't force you to see it my way. We're just different humans, especially in intimate relationships. It's just not it's not going to go that way. We have to learn to accept things that are not the way we want to see them.
0: A hundred percent. So you keep talking about like relationship systems and all this training. What are some of the key yeah. components of the work that you do? Yeah.
1: So to kind of boil it down, it's that, you know, there's not, if you and I are, are currently in a system, like we're in a relationship right now and we're both kind of making it up and creating it as we go along and to an outside perspective, someone could be watching us and they would say certain words about the energy of our relationship. And you can use that in all your relationships and and identify, well, you know, in this moment, I'm feeling like we're engaged. I'm feeling like we're connected, we're, we're you know, level, we're asking questions if you and I were in a fight right now, I might say, ooh, it's stormy in here, you know, or it's tense. What do we want it to be? It's kind of becoming the observer. That's probably one of the key things in, in sort of relationship systems, becoming the observer of what's going on, but knowing that you can, you can change it. You can put the energy in. Right now, if you and I decided, we wanna make this more exciting, we could throw in some energy that would make it more exciting. We can make that you know, intention in this relationship. And we're always co-creating. And we we all have a say in this sort of relationship that we're in right now. And so it's about, yeah, becoming the observer, but knowing that you can kind of decide where you want it to go and that you are always contributing. Like I, even if something's not going right, I have to check in, well, how am I contributing to that? Right? And I have to sort of be honest and take responsibility for, well, what can I do to add to this relationship going better? So a lot of observing and a lot of intention, like designing together. And we do this, you know, in relationships all the time. How are we together? But having a conversation about that, it it goes a long way.
0: Mm -hmm. One of my favorite things to ask when I was in customer service, I always like you always face those like awful people or those people who you just cannot please in customer service. And one of my favorite things to ask (laughs) Was if somebody's being very unreasonable, I was very pointed about asking them, OK, here's all the things that I've said I can do out of the things that I said I can do. What one can I do for you? Yeah. Because you keep talking about the things that I can't do, and that's not going to change anything going on here. But my pointed question would be, OK, I've listed the things I can do out of those things. What can I do for you? And then they get to take a step back and go, because if you're making that pointed, noticeable push of like, I'm now telling you you're being an asshole without telling you you're being an asshole, (laughs) Mm -hmm. because I've now said what I can possibly do for you. And uh, none of that is good enough. And so if you can't accept any of those things, then by default, I can't do anything for you. And you just want to yell at me so which do you want to do and that i've saw the process of that happening so many times and it saved my butt so many times of being like you know i go above and beyond i get all the things i do all the things and then if it got to that point it's like okay i've said what i can do and what i can't do can i do one of the things for you that i've said if not i think this is where we're where where we are and it works wonders sometimes it sets them off and then it's like okay you just want to scream and be an asshole but that also would signify to me I've done everything that I could possibly do I've had all the conversations I've gone above and beyond now I know it's just them doing what they have to do and that's on them because I've done my work I've done everything I could possibly do
1: and I hear you setting some limits and some boundaries in that like I'm not I'm kind of not willing to offer anything else this is where I'm at and it's kind of making it very clear. I, I struggle with that being a bit more of a pleaser and not, not knowing how to kind of navigate those boundaries. I'm still practicing that in my adult life. Um, but what I have done is just sort of, you know, I've I've tried to focus on validating their experience, whatever the person's upset about. It makes sense that you're feeling that way. I could see that, you know, hey, I'm noticing you're feeling this. and And just maybe them having that space to be heard and to be seen, sometimes that also diffuses it. Because if I try to make them wrong, and they sometimes want to, (laughs) but if I do that, then they get more elevated, more escalated, and and it just doesn't ever flatten out. And so sometimes it's just about making that connection. And and the thing that I I love, this this tool from improv, probably the one thing that I, I tell everybody and that I try to practice it a lot, it's yes and. I don't know if you know that. Oh, program. yeah, I used to play. Yeah. I
0: used to be in Shibuya in Vancouver, a high yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. Well, shout out to all the old high school Shibuya.
1: <laughs> but but that, that tool, like if you say no to somebody, if you make them wrong, it just kind of severs that connection instantly. But if you say yes, if you find something about what they're saying, even if you totally don't agree, if you can find something that's 2% right, that you can agree with, even if you just say like, wow, you just said a lot of stuff. I don't agree with it, but I can totally see that you love sharing your opinion. Yes, you have opinions. <laughs> That's really ridiculous, example. But you know what I mean, right? If I can make, if I can find something to yes you for, you just don't feel so defensive, I bet, yeah. right? If I can find something that I can agree with, it just allows us to stay in that connection just a little bit longer. If it's a relationship worth fighting for,
0: mm-hmm. or and if it's at my thing, right? right. And then at it. And if it's like Uncle Joe at Christmas dinner or something like that, finding that space in between where it's like, do you want to develop the deepest relationship with them? Maybe not. So is all this stuff fluttering in your brain important for you to get across so you can be right? Maybe not. Maybe you just yeah. need to find that middle ground where it's something that interests both of you so that you yeah. can stick in that zone and be like, you know what? We're just going to stick in this zone and that's going to be that. Because in my family dynamic and relationships, I've had conversations with family members being like, these are okay topics to talk about. These are not okay topics to talk about. Why? Because they trigger both of us. And nothing ever happens when we talk about this other than both of us getting mad. And I've noticed that. So in order to avoid that, let's play on the things that we do like. And let's build really good solid foundations on that stuff. So that inevitably, when this other negative stuff does crop up, we have this positive interrelational stuff going on that has made us feel better and more comfortable with each other. Because I noticed, I didn't have a good family life growing up. And it was really hard for me to get to that space with those people and go, Okay, let's build new relationships, but we're going to be triggered. But let's focus on building the good stuff. Let's keep it topical. Let's not get too crazy. Let's not talk about family stuff. Let's talk about stuff we both like, and build back that relationship first, before we can even touch the sensitive stuff over here. And that's hard. That's hard work. Mm.
1: I also think it's kind of nice to reflect on, is that person who I'm trying to build this very conscious communication with? Again, kind of knowing, is this who I want to put this investment into? Because it is, it's a lot. It's, you got to put energy into building these relationships. You know, obviously with my partner, I'm, I'm wanting to go deeper. I'm wanting us to take responsibility. With Uncle Joe, I only see him once every six months. I don't know right? Maybe I would think about, do I need to go deep? Do I need to tell you how I feel? I don't know. Maybe I want to get off my chest, but then I'll leave it alone because I'm not expecting him to change. And again, it's making people, putting them in a box of they're going to be this way for me. That's the story I'm making up. So figuring out who are the people that I want to go there with, that it's really worth it, and maybe who I can let it go.
0: Mm -hmm. And it's important to like, figure out who those people are. Cause we do need those bridges to be crossed sometimes and like yeah. people to educate, but fighting about it and creating conflict and making it a big thing. Isn't how anybody's going to No minds are going to be changed by yelling at somebody. They're going to be changed no. by coming to the table and sitting and saying yes and, and opening up the conversation so that everybody can file, feel safe and comfortable. Cause that's yeah. what it is too, is that, you know, I know politics comes up a lot. We don't talk about politics on this show, but (laughs) I know that that's a big trigger point for a lot of people. And so it's like, if you know that that's a big trigger point, you can kind of lay the ground rules and be like, hey, everybody, we all know we have different political beliefs and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Let's avoid that this year so that we can enjoy the space of being here because we all know each other's stuff. We don't need to bring it up because we know it's going to be a fight or we know something's going to happen. So let's keep it in these genres so that we can all just enjoy our time a little bit more. You know, maybe that'll work. Maybe it won't work, but at least you're trying to kind of guide it because it's your experience. And I like to be the driver of my experience. I don't like my experience to dictate what I'm having. I like to dictate what experience I have. Mm-hmm. So it's me mm-hmm. going outwards, not outwards coming inwards. Because a lot of people go through life and they let the outside experiences dictate their moods and their feelings and their thoughts. And they're like, this happened to me and all this stuff is happening. It's like, but you're choosing to have those thoughts and feelings about that experience. You need to yeah. take a step back and kind of observe and go, okay, I can choose to get really pissed off about this or I can choose to just kind of not think about it. And over time it'll dissipate. Cause it's, you know, if it pisses you off, it's going to be angry, but give it a day, give it two days. I know I'm always way more chill the next day. I'm always like, okay, we got to talk about it, but at least I'm not like triggered and pissed off right now. And I've had time to collect my thoughts, collect my feelings. Yeah. Maybe write them out and like make some like, Key points of like, okay, I need to talk about these things here. Okay, now I'm ready to have that conversation.
1: Yeah, I like that you mentioned this kind of that that pause. Like it, it give yourself the gift of a pause before reacting, you know, and thinking about what does this really mean? Take a little break, take a take a day, sleep on it, ask yourself, does this really matter? Um, and also just, you know, really thinking about if if you want to put that energy in, if that's really important in that mm-hmm. relationship.
0: And if it is making sure that both parties know why it's happening. Cause I know that there's relationships where some people think that fighting it out right now is how they have to do it. And they think somebody walking away and saying, I need a break is disrespectful. But for me, I'm the kind of person who I need the time. And if you're going to try and charge me and try and force your way into having that exchange, that's not going to go over well. And so making sure that you express that being like, Hey, Hey, I need this time in this space for me to collect my thoughts and my feelings about this fight or whatever's going to happen. And I need you to respect that. If you respect us and our relationship, whatever this is, whether it's familiar or dating or whatnot, I need this. And I'm communicating that to you because then if they try and do it, it's like, I already told you now. But if you don't communicate that, they don't know that that's the experience you're having. So it's like, you can't just assume people know what you need, you have to be able to communicate that. And that's some things that, you know, when I'm getting into relationships or whatever, and it's getting to that point, it's something you communicate, go, Hey, I know this is going to come up in a relationship. They inevitably do. When that does happen, I'm the kind of person who needs to take time and space away and go and kind of write my thoughts and like, get my feelings together and come back, whether that's five minutes, whether that's an hour, whether that's a day or two, that's how I operate. And I need you to know that because if you're the kind of person who charges, (laughs) it's not going to be a good time because I've had a friend that we had to no longer, we had to end our friendship because they constantly wouldn't respect that boundary. And I was just like, I love you so much, but like the way that this happens is not healthy and I can't continue to allow you to overstep my boundaries because they just, they don't learn a healthy relationship, right?
1: And that's where you kind of have to know yourself. So on the other side, like my partner and I recently talked about this because he needs space. And I'm like, I want to talk about it right now because I have anxiety about it and I want to figure it out. However, you know, we've come to an agreement. We talk about how we're going to handle it because we're both in this. And I, you know, I understand you need space. But hey, can you a request it in a nice kind way? (laughs) That's what I need. I also need you to tell me when we're going to maybe come back to it. I know it's not going to be perfect, but I need to know that later today or tomorrow that we can, re, you know, we can come back to it. If, if I think you're just abandoning the topic, I feel not important. Mm. And so, but we have these conversations, right? And we talk about how it goes. It does not go well all the time. We bump through it, but we take responsibility. And, you know, we talk about how we can try to do it better next time. And again, this this piece of what if conflict isn't bad, What if it can be something is new trying to emerge, new information for that situation, that relationship with whoever? What if it's an opportunity to learn how to get better at, you know, getting each other's needs met? Because we all have different things that we want out of our relationships. And I like what you said about requesting them. Like, hey, I need some space or this is what I need. And people can't always meet your requests. But what they can do is acknowledge them. You know, yeah, I I see that's important to you. I can't do that. But I, I know it's important. I just want to acknowledge that. I wish people would do more of that because we're we're fighting with needing to be right. And my needs, your needs. But sometimes it's not about even meeting them. It's just about acknowledging that you have them and that I want to try. Mm-hmm. This relationship matters to me.
0: Yeah. A lot of conflict is just acknowledgement. Just acknowledge yes. that this is existing. Because it's. I, I think sometimes just like the basics of humans comes down to like just a need for acknowledgement that you exist
1: yeah validate me yes right
0: (laughs) why do you think instagram and all these things are so popular it's like i'm i'm real i belong i'm here right like validate me um so okay so what are some tips moving forward into you know holiday season all these things conflicts are bound to come up we've been talking about a lot of tips and tools but are there anything anything we haven't touched upon yet that are specific that you would really like to share
1: I mean, it's something just really down to the simple, like if you're triggered or activated or just pissed or whatever, just check in with what you're feeling and, and what's the story you're making up. Like I literally have a, an emotion wheel, you know, that I check in with sometimes because I didn't always know what I was feeling. And sometimes I'm feeling disappointed or sometimes I'm feeling, you know, left out and and I can acknowledge that feeling and not try to skip over it. So check in with, you know, what you're feeling and what are the the stories that you're making up that go along with it. And then when it comes to the other, you know, the people that you're interacting with, just taking responsibility, you know, the ownership of, I I might not be doing this right. And there might be another way, you know, be a little vulnerable. Hey, I'm making up a story about this and I want to get clear with you. I want to understand you more, really just moving from furious to curious.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, as
1: simple as it can be sometimes.
0: (laughs) And you know what? Um, this doesn't necessarily have to do with like conflict and stuff, but, um, one of the best years, like best holiday Christmases I've ever had, yeah. I like couldn't afford to get my family anything. Cause I was just so broke as a joke. Um, <laughs> so what I did do is I like sat down and I wrote them letters, each hmm. one of them as to like why they were important to me and what memories I had about them. And then I like got like one photo of like framed of each like me with that person and like special moments. And I gave them that. And I was just like, you know, I can't give you a lot, but I want you to have this because I think sometimes we forget that we need to continuously nurture those bridges of kindness and nurture those like bridges of like compassion and caring and like why you're important to me. And especially when you become so familiar with the person that it's like, it's the mundane, it's the everyday, it's the regular. And it's like, but that's why, you know, sometimes people are like, it's just so nice to have flowers sometimes, because it's a reminder that you're important. And sometimes something as simple as taking the time to write out a letter of like all the amazing things that you love about that person that you like about them, or like great memories that you have about them, like, I'll always remember this memory because of this, it's such a gift to give back to them. And that creates you know, that relational bond, and it tightens those things up. And I just wanted to say that because, you know, it's, it's a tough year this year, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world and the economy that you don't need to necessarily give people gifts, I like to give the gift of like time, the gift Mm -hmm. of like being with me, because when I choose to be with somebody, I'm conscious, I'm focused, I'm not on my phone. And to me, That is so that's like one of my love languages like that, like quality conscious time is so great, which is why I like doing this podcast, because I know every time I'm with a person on here or with the guys on here, it's like we're spending quality time, like loving each other up and just being like, this is amazing. So that's my little holiday tip. Do you have anything for for people over the holidays?
1: I mean, I like that you brought it to positivity. I think that's the, the gift that I try to bring to people. It's like, hey, we're in the place. Let's let's try to move it into something positive, right? And and try to give that positive reinforcement to your partner, to your family. Like, tell them when things are going good. We don't always do that. We're very, you know, we can be very critical because we're often so critical on ourselves. So maybe it's just about, well, what can I contribute to the positivity in this situation, in this relationship? And just try putting that energy in. All of a sudden, people might be really responsive in a totally different way. Instead of demanding what we want different, <laughs> focus on what's already going well. Maybe right. that's, maybe it could be as simple as that.
0: Right. And highlighting that for your partner. I really like all these things about you. And then they they might not, but they usually will return that in favor. So you're not doing it so that they will tell you. It's not like that psychological thing, but like giving them something and telling them those great things and then surely karma usually brings it back around mm. um so yeah so ending on that positive note here is there anything else you'd like to share about trans uh tra- bleh, 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 my brain just shut off it's getting That's late okay. here the sun is starting to go down <laughs> it's like getting late toronto you're over in vancouver so it's a very different time frame to winter where vancouver yeah winter yeah.
1: canada it's earlier right so yeah
0: um conflict transformation any last wise words of wisdom about conflict transformation
1: wise words, just don't be afraid of it. You can handle being in a just, you know, uncomfortable conversation. On the other side of it, what if this is happening for you and not to you?
0: Yes, that is my favorite, favorite, favorite thing to say is that, why is this happening for me? It can still suck, but what's the (laughs) lesson I can learn here so that it doesn't have to happen again?
1: Yeah, yeah, positive perspective.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Jeremy. If people want to know more about you and what you do, where can they find you?
1: Uh, So anything to do with the the queer men's groups, head on over to the cqcommunity.com. You can find information about me or the upcoming groups that I offer. Other than that, my Instagram is at journey number two, Jeremy.
0: All right. Awesome. And I'll make sure to link up all the things in the show notes. So if you want to find out more, you can go there. Thank Thank you. you everybody for listening to today's podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go give us a star rating on either Apple iTunes or Spotify. If you're watching this on YouTube, give it a thumbs up share it with your friends subscribe to the youtube channel it helps let youtube know that we're an awesome show that they should recommend to everybody else and that is it for today so peace love rainbows have the best day ever everybody and happy holidays to y'all happy
1: holidays